What's good, fam? Welcome back to Inside the Green Room with Danny Green. I'm Harrison Sanford. A little abbreviated uh, episode for you guys today, but doesn't mean we're not bringing you the goods. One of the major trades so far in trade season went down. Pascal Siakam, no longer a member of the Toronto Raptors. And before we even continue, Danny, I think I have to issue an apology to the entire Toronto Raptors fan base. About two weeks ago, we talked about Pascal Siakam and the potential of him being traded. And I said he would be the last of the players that won the title back in 2019. My fault, Chris Boucher. I'm sorry. My bad. Uh. He was there. I should have referenced you. We've done a, we did a live pod with you. My fault. Toronto, forgive me. I know you will. All right. Now, let's get into it. Pascal Siakam, no longer a member of the Toronto Raptors, officially now a member of the Indiana Pacers. Pacers give up three first-round draft picks and Bruce Brown in order to make the deal happen. Danny, is there a winner in this trade? And if so, who? I guess time will tell. We have to wait and see. Uh, I think it's great that they got three first-round picks. Could they have gotten maybe another piece? Maybe so. Uh, Pascal, I think it's definitely worth that. But, you know, we'll see how he messes with Indiana, which we, I think most of us, assume that he will you know the, the pace that they play at with Tyrese Halbert when he comes back from his strain uh, I think this will be an interesting you know team to put together I think they're going to be something to reckon with and actually make themselves a team that people already people are already scared of them and didn't want to play in the playoffs but with Pascal this might be a team to give somebody an early exit in that first round uh, as a higher seed yeah, I'm going to uh, we'll talk about the Raptors angle of this as well. But let's focus in on the paces here because they obviously got the better player in the deal. Uh, one thing that stands out to me, three first round draft picks, but the, which you know it means to me there must be some type of agreement that Pascal Siakam is going to be there for a long term, long time because he's a free agent this offseason. And there's just no way you give up three first round draft picks without a strong, strong belief that you're going to be able to sign him for the long term. So you have a core now, Danny, of. Tyrese Halliburton, 23 years old, and Pascal Siakam, 30, and I believe Miles Turner uh, is probably is probably in his late 20s as well, if not 30. Um, I found it interesting, and I was talking to some people about this. I found it interesting that Indiana is so convinced of where they are right now, particularly because of Tyrese Halliburton, that they're willing to fast-track their ability to be a, com a competitor or a contender by getting a guy like Pascal Siakam considering his age. Because you take a team like, let's say, the Oklahoma City Thunder, who have a wealth of young talent and just keep on building on it and haven't really pushed their chips onto the table. You think Pascal Siakam is actually worth putting all the chips on the table for the Indiana Pacers considering where they've been so far this year? Well, we'll see. I don't see it happening overnight. I think this is something they're going to have to uh, build over time. And if they're not able to do that with signing him to an extension, I think they lose out on this trade. Um, so, yes, we'll see uh, how yeah, quickly they can put him. it together. They'll, they're going to try to keep him. Ultimately, it's up to Pascal. If he doesn't want to stay in Indiana, and nah, things will work you out. you can't do that. You can't. No, it, it, it's, yes, it's, it's, it's technically tampering if you have an agreement beforehand. But come on now. Like, there, it's it's got to be understood that you're not giving up that capital and, and lose it and, and potentially you're not giving up three first round draft picks for a half a season rental. I've seen stranger things happen. Mm. And a lot of times you think there's something in place. Teams will go on. They'll, they'll risk it. And I've seen Toronto do it, <laughs> you know, with Kawhi. So they didn't have anything. It wasn't, in place third, it wasn't three first round draft picks, though. You gave up a lot of you gave up DeMar and Jakob. 
you know, and I yeah. don't know what else San Antonio well, got. One year, but, but, and I think but DeMar and Jakob weren't first round draft picks. No, I think they got picks with that that trade too. I'm not I'm not completely certain, but I think they got picks as well. They gave up quite a bit to get Kawhi to get him for one year. They put it all on the table. I could see teams doing that. I don't know if Indiana thinks they're going to win this year. Um, so I hope they do have something in the works. But if they don't, I think they lose the trade. But if they keep them, it'll be good. I don't I don't think that they're going to make that quick of a turnaround where they can make it happen in three months. Yeah, it's going to – I love what they got going on um, because I think it's actually going to allow Pascal Siakam to be a better version of himself. If we go back to his time there in Toronto, I think he really started to excel – uh, part of the reason was that he had centers that were stretching the floor, uh, Marcus Gasol, Serge Ibaka, which allowed him to be do, be more efficient in the paint, which is really his bread and butter. But recently, during his most recent time in Toronto, spending a lot of minutes with Jakob Pertl uh, doesn't really open up the paint for him to be the best version of himself. Scotty Barnes. So, yeah, Scotty Barnes as well, somebody who's condensing the floor. But you look at Indiana with a guy like Aaron Neesmith shooting 46% from three. Buddy Heald Buddy is a Heald. sharp shooter. Tyrese Halliburton, obviously a shooter. Miles Turner only shooting 33% from the three-point line this season. But he's a floor-spacing big. He's it's dangerous. Gonna, he's capable. <laughs> exactly. It's going to allow Pascal Siakam to be very good in the half court. And we already know, Danny, what he could do in the fast break. Imagine now him getting dimes from Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, well, you got him and Obi Toppin running the floor. You'll be able to catch lobs a little bit. Obviously, he's not in his youthful days as he used to be, but he's still very able to be athletic and catch lobs and get to the paint and put pressure on it. Now, Obi Toppin, also another guy that can shoot the three. Uh, Pascal's worked on the three ball as well. Um, but, yes, with Tyrese being the point guard that he is, looking to get 15-plus assists, I think it'll make the game a lot easier for him, especially with the shooters he has around him that could spread open the floor and, and allow him to attack the way he's used to attacking. Yeah, I'm going to pour out a little liquor for a guy you just mentioned, Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin was the number six pick in the draft uh, not too long ago. Julius Randle was the power forward in New York when they drafted him, and yet Obi they decided to take Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin was reportedly frustrated with his role, so what happens? He gets traded to Indiana, and I think a lot of Knicks fans are like, go ahead, Obi, go out there and shine in Indiana. Halfway through the season so far, he got supplanted by Aaron Neesmith uh, in the starting lineup, and now... Pascal Siakam's in the building. It's it, Danny. It's it shows you in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got to strike while the iron is hot, and you might not even have the opportunity to strike. He probably got about what twenty games to start before now. Now he's what second, third uh, string power forward. Now it, it it could turn just like that. Yeah, well, we'll see how. I think Rick Carlisle will find a way to play them both at the same time and, and make them a, a dangerous team with the length mm. and the the you know both of those guys on the floor, especially because they're they're active and can bar, guard one through four, one through five. Those guys can guard multiple positions. Um, so yeah, I think that'll it'll make them more dangerous and give them more depth. Um, but I don't think Indiana's done yet. I think there's still some moves in the works. Oh. Um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, no, they definitely have some ability to move forward as well. I don't think they move Ben Matherin. He's only in his second year, but obviously he's going to be intriguing prospect for a lot of teams, and maybe they can get a player in return for him. You also have Buddy Heald as well, who went into the season on the trade and Bach. And then obviously Obi Toppin, who I believe is approaching restricted free agency. I don't think he's in the long-term future of the Pacers if you're just bringing in Pascal Siakam. So he could be somebody else that they could move. So uh, all the arrows are trending upwards for the Indiana Pacers as we continue this 2023-24 NBA season. But let's go to the other side now, the Toronto Raptors. Let's recap what they've done now. They've gotten... R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, 
and the Detroit Pistons second round pick. And I think it's important to say the Detroit Pistons second round pick. This is not uh, the, the Minnesota Timberwolves second round pick. This is not the Oklahoma City second round. This is the Detroit Pistons second round pick. So essentially they have the a late first round pick. That's what they got for OG and Yeah, that's what they got for OG Ananobi. Now they trade Pascal Siakam. Not one, not two, but three first round picks for Pascal Siakam on top of the fact they also get Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown is an interesting prospect because he has a team option next year for over $22 million. That is an attractive contract for a lot of teams in the NBA because you get to see that $22 million come off your books or you could just have Bruce Brown for $22 million for one season. So they could potentially move him if they want to. They might be able to get another first-round pick for Bruce Brown. So you're talking about maybe four first-round picks for Pascal Siakam. I know uh, Masayu Jerry and Bobby Webster got a bit of hell in Toronto for their lack of moves uh, when they were as the team, as the championship team was kind of disintegrating. They made off like bandits in the OG and Siakam trades. I'll tell you that they did a hell of a job and they've really reset this franchise in a in a fast and efficient way, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I guess we'll see what they get with the draft picks. That's that's. Yep. <laughs> what's going to tell you know who they can pick up you know, and you have to also make some good draft picks but yes this time around they did not allow guys to ex expire and just lose them for nothing um so they did what they were supposed to do um they found you know those guys i'm gonna say a home but a place for them uh to feel they had i'm gonna say worth but a place where they can be contenders or win or a, a situation where it was better fit for them and where they can rebuild um so they they put themselves in really good position to be the next OKC. Yeah, they really did. Uh, and, and obviously now the attention in Toronto goes on one Scotty Barnes. There's nobody holding you back. The floor is open. It is, as Darko Ryakovich said, his head coach, it's Scotty Barnes' team now. He's the face of the franchise. And, well, he went a little bit too far by saying he's the face of the league. But nonetheless, <laughs> it's all on Scotty Barnes now to lead this franchise into its next era. What does Pascal Siakam's absence on the court mean for Scotty Barnes in terms of his production on the court? And what do you think this overall means for the Toronto Raptors? Well, he now can be the primary, you know, point forward there. You know, they had so many other point guards and point forwards there. Uh, you know, with the, the release of Pascal, he, he can be, you know, that, well, I guess, Draymond with more attributes offensively, you know. So mm. um, you have Schroeder, but Schroeder can play off the ball. They have Quick, who plays on the ball, but you know there's going to be a lot of times where Scotty is going to bring get it off the board and bring it up himself, and those guys can also play you know fast and off the ball with him. So it allows him to have, uh, I said, be that point forward that he's always been, and, and have the ball in his hands a lot more with uh, without Pascal being there. Yeah, for sure. I, I I'd be interested to see how Scotty kind of develops here. They've clearly given him the opportunity to be the face of the franchise. It's up to him to now grab it and continue to improve so big time trade going down on this wednesday in mid-january looking forward to seeing what else happens around the association with the february 8th trading deadline not too far away as i said guys we're not going to stay with you for too long but wanted to break down that trade and also we got a recap was maybe one of the most hyped games uh at least since the in-season tournament in this current nba regular season joel Embiid, 41 and 10 and oh 41 and 10 assists. Let me make sure the 10 is attributed to the right stat. 10 assists yeah. in Which his win. Which broke the streak the, of his 30 and 10 rebounds. Yes. 
he Wait, had well, going. On. Yeah, but he still, but he still dropped his thirty though. That's he for did. sure. Uh, he, he still got 40. his thirty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he got forty instead. Uh, yeah, so Joel Embiid and the Philadelphia 76ers, they go ahead and they get the win against Nikola Jokic, who came into town on Wednesday, on Tuesday night, rather yet. Uh, Daddy, we just saw, uh, I think it was the Emmys or the Oscars. I don't know. Some award show just happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know movies get rated by five stars, right? Or at mm-hmm. least that's the, the thought, at least. Yeah. What did you rate last night's big man battle? Uh, I'm going to give it three and a half stars. Um, Sheesh. Tough crowd. I, I mean, it was cool. It was great. You know, I, I just think it was a regular season game. That's how they kind of treated it. They did battle off somewhat but i think for me it was too buddy buddy uh, mm. there was a lot of love shown there was a lot of this and it was making sure that everybody you know, i want when if it was a playoff series that's the one i'm looking for i think it's you know them going at each other they obviously have a big respect for each other you know joel respects him he respects joel they see each other as the best big men not of this the league just now but of the era of you know i guess maybe shit generational last decade or so um easy yeah so um yeah. You know, they have said they hold each other in high regard and it showed last night, which is fine. I respect it. I enjoy that. The numbers were great. They did, you know, do what they were supposed to do for their teams, give their teams a chance. Uh, Jokic, hell of a job on the board, 19 rebounds. I think he had 25 points. He didn't uh, attack as much as I would like him to, but that's just his game. Joel did attack. Uh, but yes, to me, I, I think it was, uh, I wouldn't say too much, just a little bit more buddy buddy than. I understand. Then I would like to see then a playoff game. If there's a playoff game, I understand. I, they're really, you know, it's regular. I think they're gonna see each other again in a couple of weeks. We'll see how that one goes. Hopefully they're both still healthy. But for me, um, like I said I think the numbers don't tell how the game really went. And to me, it was is a friendly game, it looked like. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see about that. They're supposed to play next Saturday, which I believe is January 26th in Denver. However, Joel Embiid has not played in Denver since 2019. Last time he played before <laughs> yeah. that, 2016. I went ahead and I looked at the schedule, Danny. They're not on a back. They're not on a back to back. They're not on the front leg or the back or the or the last leg of a back to back. Joel Embiid, I know you're not ducking anybody, but we gonna need you to play in Denver, bro. <laughs> we gonna need you to play in Denver. Then all of the accusations that we see on Twitter about Joel Embiid ducking competition or only giving the business to the bad teams in the NBA, all that will come to a cease, come to an end. Just mm-hmm. suit up next Saturday, not this Saturday, next Saturday in Denver. Again, Joel Embiid has not played in Denver since 2019. My memory serves me correct. We're in year two, 2024. We need to say that. And that's all I ask, Danny. Well, we'll see, man. Only time will tell. <laughs> Only time will tell. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. I uh, hope you enjoy. Please do us a big favor. Rate, subscribe, read, rate, subscribe, review. Read, whatever. rate, subscribe, review. All that. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the follow button. Find us on Instagram. Find us on Twitter. And we'll see you guys next week. Take care. Peace. Peace.